This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. God with us so that one day it can be us with God. That's the sermon in a nutshell. But I, I wish that that first song we did, Here Comes Heaven, there was a line in there and I wish I would have memorized it quicker. But about those that are mourning and those that are weeping. Just think through that and there's people like that today. God with us so that one day we could be with God. We're in week four of a series titled Jesus Is. We're closing the series out today. And over this month-long journey, we've looked at some different truths about Jesus. We began the first Sunday with a sermon that really laid the foundation, Jesus is God. And if we don't understand that, it was almost an apologetics message If we don't understand the deity of Christ, then the Christmas story doesn't matter. If we don't understand the deity of Christ, then we don't even need to get together every Sunday. Let's just go watch football instead. If we don't understand that Jesus is God, he is who he claimed to be, his deity is the truth, then Christmas means nothing. The second week we jumped into Jesus is the light of the world. And did you like that song this morning, the light of the world? It's coming back at the end, just wait. Um, But we preached a sermon, Jesus is the light of the world. We looked throughout the book of John, John chapter one, John chapter three, John chapter eight, and we saw how Jesus was highlighted as the light of the world and the light would uh, shine the brightest in dark places. Uh, The light would reveal our flaws. But ultimately, the light would give us hope. Give us hope. And then last week, we spoke about Jesus being the Lamb of God. Um, The Lamb of God that John the Baptist, his cousin, would say would take away the sin of the world. The significance of the Lamb of God was that for hundreds of years, thousands of years, the children of Israel had had. Uh, either annually or sometimes even more, they would go and have to sacrifice offerings for their sin. And that offering would atone for that time and for that household specifically and for a period of time, and then they'd have to come do it again. And the lamb, the, the, the lamb sacrifice and the animal sacrifice, it began in Genesis chapter 3, we talked about last week. Adam and Eve sinned. They're ashamed of their sin. What's the first thing they do? They make themselves coverings of leaves. And they want to cover their sin and their shame. And when God came down and communed with them and told them some unfortunate news, he did one of the most amazing things that we often overlook. He made skirts of skin for them. You see, he took those, anim- those leaves off and he replaced it with the skin of an animal. And we don't know what that animal was. The Bible doesn't tell us. But from the very first sin that happened on this earth, There had to be a sacrifice to cover the shame of that sin from the very first one. And we spoke about the Passover. We spoke about Abraham and Isaac. 
this leads directly into today, Christmas Sunday. In three days, we'll be celebrating Christmas. You'll be with friends, family. For some of you, this Christmas might be the first Christmas, fill in the blank. Uh, it could be a very happy time. It could be the first Christmas with Connor. First Christmas with the baby boy. Or it could be your first Christmas without your parent. Or as Nicole Rogers will experience her first Christmas without her aunt, who she was very close to. Or as my friend will experience in three days his first Christmas without his wife. And three girls without their mom. But in three days we will celebrate Christmas. But what we're really celebrating is this truth that we're going to talk about today. That Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. That Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. It is a vitally important truth. Let's look quickly this morning. We have been in John chapter 1 throughout this entire study. We're going to stay there uh, for this text as well. But John chapter 1, we're going to read verse 1, and then we're going to jump down to verse 14. If you have your Bibles, uh, please look along. If you have an app on your phone, please look there. If not, we've got it on the screen for you. Setup's kind of cool. You know, you got it on both sides here. But John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then there are verses 2 through 13 of some awesome truths. Some of them we've gone over over the last three weeks. Others we've not even been able to touch because there's so many good truths. But verse 14 picks up, and the word that we're speaking of in John chapter 1, verse 1, and down in verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him, that's John the Baptist, and cried out saying, This is he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. There's a sermon that I won't pause and preach. Verse 17, For the law was given through Moses, but thank God, that's in the Greek, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. God is spirit. The only begotten son, Jesus, Emmanuel, who was in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Heavenly Father, speak through your word today. God, I feel like the sermon is, the sermon just complements what we've already done in worship. God, I pray today if there's someone here who the truth of Emmanuel has never rung clearly in their hearts. There's never been a time where they made God with them. That today would be that day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Almighty 
creator God being all-powerful, having everything under his hand and, and under his voice, had a redemptive plan from the beginning to restore mankind and, law, and the lost back to himself. We've already mentioned from the very first sin, a sinner entered into the world, God's plan began to be put in place. You remember Genesis chapter 3. We remember Genesis chapter 12. We remember uh, Exodus, the book of Exodus last week. These sacrifices, while they lasted a, a long time, they still lasted temporary amounts of time as, as they would pay for their sin and pay for their sin and pay for their sin. And as we learned last week, God sent his firstborn male without blemish, Passover lamb, Jesus to come and once for all sacrifice his life on the cross once for all so that once for all we could be saved. God becoming flesh. God in human form. Almighty creator God with skin. And another word that we use for this is the word the incarnation of Christ. And literally, that word deals with meat, flesh, being wrapped on God. The incarnation. That word incarnate literally means embodied in flesh, given a bodily, especially a human form. God embodied in flesh. This was all a part of, of the plan. And yet another name for Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 22. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord uh, through the prophet Isaiah, by the way, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now there's a lot we could talk about even in that translated how that word how they already would translate it i'm not going to go into those details but can we this morning not necessarily just focus on the truth that jesus christ is god wrapped in flesh emmanuel but this morning can we take the next step and that's what we're going to do very briefly and that next step is what are the implications of that fact can I say if you're here today, you're in a church service. We believe the Bible. If God says it, that settles it. We believe what from cover to cover. So when Jesus claims that he's God, we believe it. When God claims that Jesus is his only son, only begotten son, we believe it. So we're going to take that as truth this morning. Now, as a result of that truth, what are the implications of God coming to earth, of wrapping flesh and human flesh on himself. The implications of the incarnation this morning. Number one, I want us to see this, that we worship a God who empathizes with us. We worship a God this morning who empathizes with us. You see, as, as Emmanuel, Jesus experienced life just like you experience life and how I experience life. Have you thought about being the half-brother of Jesus? 
growing up in the house with Jesus. All right, kids. Who left this mess in the, in the living room? Well, we know it wasn't Jesus. So let's start at James and let's move on from there. Hey, listen, Mom, I just turned 16. You know, can I, can I take the donkey out for a spin? <laughs> no, you can't. But when Jesus turned 16, yeah, you're right. When Jesus turned 16, he sure could. Oh, it seems like there's an argument going on upstairs. No, there, there's not an argument going on. Jesus is one of the two. There's not an argument going on, I promise. Everything's fine. If there's a problem up there, it's his brother. But the truth is, on a more serious level, Jesus can empathize with us, not just because you have a brother that you don't like or a sister that you don't like. Jesus can empathize with us because, as the book of Hebrews tells us, chapter 4 and verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. We're coming back to the text. But he was tempted as we are. That's called empathizing. The sin that you struggle with, the, the temptation that you face on a daily, weekly, hourly basis Jesus experienced it I I say this the ultimate temptation that he experienced was fasting for 40 days and not eating anything and then being offered food listen I can't go for hours without eating something if you offer me food the answer is yes he was tempted like we are yet without sin verse 16 let us therefore because of that truth let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The book of Hebrews says, because of the truth of, of, the, of Emmanuel, God with us, God and, and, and empathizes with us through Jesus Christ, and because of that truth, we should come to him boldly. We should come to him boldly to find grace to help in time of need, in time of temptation. You see, the incarnation of Christ gives us a God who empathizes with us. Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted. Jesus knows what it's like to feel human emotion. Jesus knows what it's like to go through the highs and the lows. Emmanuel brings a realness to God. Think about the Old Testament. God came down in many ways. Uh, burning bush that never was consumed. He came down as a pillar of cloud, as a pillar of fire. He would make, some would say there would be some angels that would uh, come and that, that would be uh, God or Jesus coming to people. But when Jesus came, it was real. Like you could have been in school with Jesus. He's that real. In fact, at 12 years old, he was in the temple making Bible scholars realized that they didn't know as much as they thought they knew. He was real. He was real. And there's a realness that is involved, and he, he came and he lived empathetically. He lived the life that you could not live. 
He experienced everything you experience, but he did it without sin. The life that you wish you could live, the life that I wish I could live, Jesus came empathetically and lived it. So we worship a God who empathizes with us, but uh, empathizes with us. But secondly, this morning, I want us to see this. We worship a God who came to save us. What does the incarnation, what does Emmanuel, God with us, what does that mean to us this morning? Why is that important to us this morning? Because we worship a God who didn't, who didn't stay in his lofty courts in heaven and didn't stay somewhere out there in the atmosphere. He didn't stay uh, hidden from us and only speaking through uh, crazy kind of uh, odd things like a, like a burning bush. He didn't stay there. No, he came. Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you, verse 5, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. What's the implication of the incarnation? What's the implication of Emmanuel, God with us this morning? It is the fact that Jesus Christ was sent to save you. It's that Jesus was sent to save me. It's that Jesus Christ was sent in human form to pay sin's sacrifice. John chapter 3 tells us that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but he sent his son into this world to redeem the world, to save the world. Through him and through him alone. He came to die. The Bible says that he came to his own people and they didn't even receive him. He came and he was born to die. Our first point showed us that empathetically, Jesus came and lived the life that we couldn't live, the perfect life. The second point is simply this, that Jesus came to die the death that you deserve to die. For the wages of sin is, say it, death. You see, we're sinners, and sin comes with a price tag. And that price tag is death, and God is just. Death must be paid. Death must be paid. And the second truth and implication this morning is not just that God sent Jesus to live the life that we could not live, but he sent Jesus to die the death that you deserve to die. See, your sin, the list of sin that I could lay before you this morning on this screen and talk through all the sins of my past and my present and my future, Jesus Christ came, and he came to save me from that sin. So we worship a God who empathizes with us. We worship a God who came to save us. Implications of the incarnation, Emmanuel. Thirdly, and lastly this morning, we worship a God who will never leave us. What's so important about God sending Jesus? Because we now worship a Savior who will never leave us. 
never leave us. For over 33 years, Jesus physically walked on this earth. For the last three and a half years, he performed amazing miracles. He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he led a group of disciples, a smaller group of disciples, and then obviously the multitudes of people that would follow him after he would, uh, come, uh, after he would uh, perform one of his miracles, and there'd be crowds that would follow him. And for three and a half years, there was a closeness that formed, uh, a bond that formed with his disciples and his followers that honestly you and I can't really even comprehend, being physically present with Jesus. By the way, lest you think you'd be better than his disciples, his disciples were with him. They watched the feeding of the 5,000. They watched Jairus' daughter be raised from the dead. They watched the nobleman's son be raised from the dead. They watched the water turn into wine. They watched Lazarus come forth out of the grave. They saw all of it physically, and they still struggled to believe. He spoke truth to them, and he spoke truth to them, and he spoke truth to them, and he spoke truth to his disciples. Hey, listen, they're going to come, and I'm going to die, but in three days I'm going to rise again. Hey, listen, I'm, they're going to come and get me, and I'm going to die, but in three days I'm going to rise again. And they believed him so much that how many of his disciples were there to see him come out of the grave? You know what it was? Zero. Zero. You see, Jesus' disciples needed, it was, it was more than just physical interaction that they needed in order to understand that he was always with them. As Jesus was preparing for his ascension into heaven, no doubt that thought crossed his mind. How in the world? I've been with these guys for three and a half years and they don't get it. It's like trying to talk sense to your three and a half year old, right? They just don't get it. Or like your 37 and a half year old, you know? Just don't get it. But John chapter 14 and verse 16, Jesus says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. You see, we serve a Savior who will never leave us, Hebrews tells us. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. The implications of the Incarnation the implications of the fact that God sent Jesus Christ to this earth for sinful man, for you and for me. We worship a God who empathizes with us. He lived the life that we could not live. We worship a God who came to save us. He died the death that you deserved to die. We, live a, we worship a God who will never leave us. He left his spirit with us to comfort and guide and empower us. In fact, in the book of John, Jesus says that we can do greater things with his spirit than he even did on this earth. Incredible verse. But my question to you this morning is simply this.
How has the fact that God became flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, how has that fact changed your life? How has that fact impacted your life? You personally. Have you, like so many who walked on this earth with him, so many of his disciples, have you chosen to reject him? He came unto his own and his own didn't receive him. They rejected him. Have you, like so many others that walked on this earth with him, have you chosen to doubt and to live a life full of skepticism? The truth is this, Emmanuel came. God with us. Jesus Christ, the baby that was born in a humble manger. He came, he lived a perfect life, he died a sinner's death, but it did not end there. He Three days later, he rose again in triumph and victory. And we, we read in the last point how he says, because I live, you too shall live. And Tim is right. The best thing about Christmas is Easter this morning. You see, if it ended at Christmas, then we would serve a human Savior who lived X amount of years and died. But we serve a living Savior. We serve a living Savior. And the bottom line today is, is that baby that was born in a manger was born to die for you and for your sin, for me and for my sin. And my question is, have you repented of your sin and believed in Jesus? Emmanuel, God with us. Have you believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? You say, Josh, I mean, I, I, sure. I mean, I went to Sunday school. I know the stories. I've, I got baptized, I think, um, back when I was a kid. Um, I mean, I know David and Goliath, you know, Noah's Ark, Moses, Noah, I'm not sure which one it is. You know, Moses, I'm just kidding, I do. But um, I mean, I'm even, yeah, I know some of the disciples' names. Like you asked me, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I know, yep. That's not what I ask you. I'm asking you if you have repented of your sin and believed on the name of Jesus Christ. That means to come to a conclusion that you and your sin deserve hell because that's what the Bible says. The wages of sin is death. But you come to the conclusion and the Holy Spirit convicts you of your sin. You come to that point where you say, I cannot do this on my own. Left to myself and my sin, not only will I split hell wide open one day when I leave this earth, but my life is in torment and, and, and it's horrible right now on this earth. We come to that point where we need him. We come to that point where we say the Holy Spirit has been working on me and through circumstances outside of my control, maybe things that are happening at work or things that are happening at home or relationships that are messed up that used to be so good and, and God's just, just, there's things that keep happening in my life and I believe God is drawing me or speaking to me. Well, this morning, if he's speaking to you, it is so that you would repent and believe. That you would repent and believe and may this truth ever be over your life. That Jesus came as Emmanuel, God with us. So that you, individually, not your mama, not your cousin, 
not your grandma, but you personally, so that you could be with God. Certainly none of us like to think about our eternity. It's not a pleasant thought to think about that some point in time, every single one of us will pass from this life to the next. Honestly, I don't preach about it that much. I don't like to think about it. But the fact is, is that that day's coming. And none of us know. Everybody take a deep breath in and release that. You were not guaranteed that breath. And if you're trusting and being kind to people and being a good neighbor, being a good parent, being a good friend, attending church every now and then, if that's what you're depending on for your eternal salvation, let me tell you something. You're still a sinner. And I'm still a sinner. And for the wages of sin is death. You know how that verse ends? But, one T, but the gift of God is eternal. Only my middle schoolers and Tim got that joke. All right, here we go. Um, But the gift of God, the wage or penalty of sin is death, but the gift of God, it's eternal life. It's eternal life through going to church on a regular basis. No. Through being a kind-hearted and good neighbor. No. For being an amazing parent. No. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.church. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.